This week on Erotic Awakening, BDSM with disabilities, oh nuts, and I don't know. Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. If you are offended by adult topics or prohibited, we recommend you stop listening right now. The Erotic Awakening podcast is grateful for the support of our patron community, who receive ad-free early access to podcasts, free ebooks, and a whole lot more. Thank you to all of our supporters, the the Patreon community, and our newest supporter, Domina Hecate. Hi, Don. Hi, Dan. Don, welcome. Uh, happy show number six hundred and seventeen. Ooh, nice. Oh, I was supposed to say happy show six hundred. Right. And I've spent the last sixteen shows forgetting. Yeah, I, I know. So, well, we at 617 or over 600, we should probably be celebrating each and every one now. Uh, I'm all right with that. We it's, should do uh, the little the little horn tooting thing. Dude. I was thinking a celebratory fuck. Uh, we can do that too. Okay, good. As long as we can awesome. go either way with that. So, indeed. Today on the podcast, uh, we are welcoming back our friend Daddy Tear, who um, is going to talk about... And we're going to talk today about BDSM and BDSM with disabilities and some of the complications. And first off, Daddy Tier, thanks for coming back on the show. Oh, you're very welcome. You didn't learn the first time. <laughs> so I would like to start off with how we came across this topic, why we decided to talk about this. And Daddy Tier, this is a very personal conversation for you. Is that right? Yes, it is. Yes, tell, it is. Tell us about why. Well, uh, December 3rd, 2011, uh, I was on the way to my station. Uh, I'm a retired fire medic. And I was sitting at a red light. And uh, as I was waiting for the light to change, a guy was texting and driving. He wasn't paying attention. He was doing about 45, 50 miles an hour and proceeded to put my trunk into my back seat. I mean, uh, my passenger seat. Um, I ended up spending uh, three days in a coma. Um, long story short, uh, it fractured my neck. It broke my back and a bunch of other things, uh, which left me a, a paraplegic. So this was, uh, uh, very unexpected and it was, uh, unfortunately, uh, it changed my life completely. But the way I look at it is, you know, one door closes and another one opens. I don't know that I would be that chill, you know, philosophical about that. But, but what was your life from a BDSM perspective? What was your life before the accident? Were you already involved? I know, I know the answer oh, yeah. because you've, you've been around forever, but you were already involved in kinky stuff and, and doing a lot of topping and that kind of thing. Yes, I was. Uh, I've been in the uh, uh, lifestyle since uh, 1982. Uh, and it was basically, uh, I've, I've learned from so many and I've taught so many. So I was teaching, I was, I was having, um, house parties back in the day when we had house parties, I was traveling around the world. I was, uh, I was doing everything that I possibly could. And then all of a sudden now I have to start worrying about a lot of things that, uh, I never thought I would have to like, uh, is the hotel uh, accessible for a wheelchair. Uh, do they have enough room in the dungeon for, you know, for a wheelchair and for things that I do? So I never really had to think about any of these things. So do you find that, I mean, 
I guess I haven't actually thought of that before. Our events haven't had dungeons, so I haven't had to think about it. But dungeons and a wheelchair, that's got to mm-hmm. be complicated. I mean, people put their stuff on the floor. There's e- Even if the event has made room, because I know AIS here in Columbus, they would actually mark aisles. They would take tape and mark aisles. But people still have their stuff all over the place and it's in the dark. Mm-hmm. So God, I don't have a question around that except do well, you find that in that an issue? I would just yes. yes, because uh you know trying to get make my way around uh uh spaces uh not only am I looking around me I have to look down. Um and a lot of people don't realize you know that you know, if I run over your whip, I'm sorry if it's in like a thoroughfare. Uh, mm-hmm. My apologies. I don't mean to, but if you're going to be a pig and have all your stuff everywhere, you know, it happens. Right. Um, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of times I will have my service dog with me. So believe it or not, people are more aware of my dog than they are of me. And that's, you know, what I want to ask you next is, is it that they are unaware of you? And how is it, how did the people's perception of you, if at all, change? Well, um, that's that's a two-part question. How has perception changed? Uh, They think just because I am, you know, in a chair that I can't do anything anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, sometimes they take me with a, a grain of salt that they didn't know who I was before my accident. Uh, you know, just because I, you know, I have different abilities. Notice I'm not disabled. I just have different abilities. Yeah. Um, it, it, does, it, it doesn't equate to me being useless anymore. It doesn't equate to me not being able to uh, you know, do the things that I love to do. And uh, a lot of times, yeah, I have a, it's, I like to call us the invisible population. Mm-hmm. No matter where we go, whether it be in kink or not, we're an invisible population where uh, people don't actually think uh, about uh, whether or not their event or if their location is accessible. Um, you know, for example, I've been to, uh, it was uh, uh, an event um, where the registration happened to be three steps down in like a well at a hotel. Well, I couldn't get to registration. Right. So I was just kind of sitting there going, okay, uh, trying to find somebody who was actually a volunteer, which took me about an hour to say, um, I can't get down to registration. Can you help me? And how do people how do people respond to that? Is it more like, oh shit, I didn't even think about that. Sorry, or is it like, oh great, I got to change my event to fit you? Uh, I've had both. Okay, um, I've had. Oh my god, I didn't realize this, and um, they actually did change their format the next year. And then there was one event um, of which I no longer go to, nor will I ever patronize ever again. Um, and if anybody asks me about the event, I will tell them in private. Um, I turned around and said, 
you know, I kind of need some help here. You know, a lot of these, um, these, there were some classes that happened to be upstairs in a hotel mm-hmm. and there was no elevator. And so I went to the, uh, uh, the people who ran the event and I was told, and I, I was told, um, oh, don't worry. We'll carry you up the stairs. Excuse me. I'm not a piece of luggage. Mm-hmm. You know, and I find that I found that to be truly offensive. Okay. Um, you know, uh, so, and then I brought it up. I said, can, can you do something like maybe for like next year? And I was told, no, we're going for the cheapest hotel. So, you know, you'll just have to figure it out yourself. Mm-hmm. I was, I was floored. So never again will I ever, you know, go to any of their events ever again. Uh, but most of the time it's like, oh my God, we didn't even think about this. And what happens is, is when people start getting older and our bodies don't work as well as, as, as they used to, all of a sudden they start thinking about it. Right. Because, you know, nobody wants to join my club, but eventually everybody ends up in it. Right. Right. <laughs> if, if they're lucky. Right. Or, yeah. or they have a short time span and they don't have to and they don't deal with it. Right. Right. So what about now? What you, you mentioned people that, you know, didn't know you, you know, taking you with a grain of salt. What about people that did know you? Did you feel that suddenly where you were the, you know, old timer daddy tear? And now they're like, oh, it's poor daddy tear. Did you get no, it? No, I don't let that. Ha- I don't let them say that. Okay. I don't let them say that, you know, don't owe Poe always me. No, no, no. I don't, I don't accept that. Um, you know, I, there's, uh, I still have a lot to give and I still have a lot of life to live. And, um, you know, if you're, go- if you're gonna, if you're gonna sit there and give me, you know, pity points, you know, don't even be around me because that's not the type of energy I want around me. You know, I'm just, I just have wheels. Big deal. Uh-huh. You know, so how did you make? Um, wow, it's been a long day. My my words, I, I I have pictures. So how did you make adjustments after being in the the wheel in in the wheelchair? Right. So uh-huh. I'm assuming most of your scenes, you're standing and whips and floggers, like a lot of us do. Assuming that's your thing. So I mean, is it just a matter? of a change from a sitting position now or yeah. are there other things you had to change? Uh, I, I, well, there are some things like uh, if I was uh, like, if there was a bondage table or something like that, it would just have to be a little lower. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and basically it's just practicing from a sitting position, you know, changing my angles, change, you know, just changing a whole bunch of other things. Uh one thing I find difficult is with flogging, uh, you know, serpentining is a little difficult because I end up hitting my knees. I can uh, see that. Sure. But, <laughs> yeah. but uh, other than that, all it is is just a matter, you know, uh, necessity is the mother of invention. Yeah, right. So is dominating part of your kink play? Yes. Not just BDSM, but dominating. And yes. Have you had to adjust for that at all? Because... That that can be a little more 
practical in, in my well, world way. The, well, the way I look at it is everyone is shorter than I am when they're on their knees. <laughs> there you go. There you <laughs> so. go. So that's a good mentality to have. I mean, I know when, um, oh, we used to have a dungeon here, what, 20 years ago. And I can remember one of the first people at La Femme, mm-hmm. right? And he was in a wheelchair. And I'm like, so how's he going to do this? She can just say no. And then, well, of course, anybody can, right? So Mm -hmm. and then later, he's got her bent over naked with her tits and a bucket of ice. And she was was not saying no. I mean, he (laughs) he was able to. And and I don't know why this stays in my head. But, you know, he was still able to to be that strong person that was Mm -hmm. able to dominate and so the chair made no difference. The, the the only thing we had to do was to help him through one of the spinny doors. Right. Where the dungeon was built. <laughs> you know, it's a, what happens is, is people tend to forget that the, 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 you know, the most important sexual organ of the body is your brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and, you know, when it comes to dominating or domination, that's all in your head. You don't all in your head get it. But it all comes from your, you know, from your, you know, from your mind. In, which has absolutely nothing to do with physicality. Right. What do you, as a, as a, so I'm getting ready to, let's say, I'm not doing this, I've done that and I'm not crazy anymore, but let's say I was going to put together a BDSM event. You know, mm-hmm. your standard three-day dungeon at night, classes during the day, let's even have a nice little leather contest and do some standing model, right? Mm-hmm. Now, top of my head i'd say oh it needs to be you know accessible so i'll just make sure the wheel that the hotel has wheelchair parking or you know um Mm -hmm. and nice ramps what else Mm -hmm. would you want that event coordinator to think about and not just for you but Mm -hmm. they're coming to you because they don't know the difference between all they know is you're you've got a disability so they're asking you to speak for everybody with disabilities okay uh you would want an asl interpreter Someone, okay. who, someone who does sign language and interprets so the deaf community can be part of it as well, mm-hmm. you know, because not all uh, disabilities are, you know, people are in a chair. Right. Uh, you, uh, let's see, uh, you would want uh, somebody to uh, know that, uh, like, if there's somebody who is blind, that there's somebody with them, or if they're coming alone to make arrangements so they could have uh, a volunteer stay with them, mm-hmm. you know, saying, okay, I'm going here, I'm going here, let's do this, let's do that, so they can get around easily. Uh, but, uh, and if someone has a service animal like myself, you know, they will have, the, the dogs will have a vest. Please don't pet, the, pet them. Or go, oh, what a cute doggy, and just touch. Don't do that. Okay. <laughs> you right. know, uh, my dog Zeus is, you know, very people friendly, but um, you know, he's he's got it. You know, the service animals do have a job to do. Um, if they're, uh, but yeah, other than that, ramps, uh, uh, some place like if there's, uh, might want to put chairs. Like if you have these, you know, some of these places have these really long hallways. Yep. You know, have chairs set out 
because people, you know, some people are like, they just got out of a class or something like that. And their next class is way down to the other end of the hallway, but they can't go that far. You know, they need a, a place just to sit down just for a few minutes before they can get back up and keep going. You know, maybe you want to put some chairs out, you know, in the hallway for people to sit and have a little sign up above it, you know, that, you know, a little handicap sign over it. Hmm. So oh, people realize, mm-hmm. so people realize, you know, it's there for people who have, who have um, different abilities, right. you know, and it's not just some place for you just to take a load off and, you know, or put your toy bag on. Right. Right. Yeah. Cause people will see it as a, a place to just park it and chill mm-hmm. instead mm-hmm. of it being for a specific purpose. So that's a good idea. I over it. Uh, I, I very much appreciate your vulnerability and your sharing this obviously very personal journey for you. I'm going to ask you one last question. That's even more vulnerable and more personal. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. Sure. How did you perceive you? after the accident mm. was there a journey going from well i guess i'm not a domly dom anymore to accepting where you're at um well uh, yes it was a huge journey for me and i'm still going through it uh you know because i you know i still have times where i mourn my former life because i mean i was an athlete i was also you name it i did it kind of thing uh my job was very physical uh, to the point of, okay, now what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know, can I still do this? Can I still do that? I've always been one to push myself. You know, that's just an athlete's mentality. Uh, you know, can I do this? And if I can't, how am I going to accomplish it? And it's a lot of trial and error. You know, the, the whole thing is don't give up, you know, cause once you give up, then you, you, there's no point. So you just, you just, I just uh, had to figure out different ways of doing things, mm-hmm. you know, and I kept to my mantra. My personal mantra is attitude determines altitude. Yeah. Oh, nice. I really like that. So. Very cool. Awesome. You so. are, you, your story is inspirational and I appreciate you being on the podcast. Like I said, I appreciate your vulnerability. If people want to get a hold of you to learn more about either dealing with BDSM and disabilities or the all the other neat things that you teach, how do people get a hold of you? Uh, they can find me on FetLife at uh, Daddy underscore Tier. Um, my profile is the one with uh, the uh, pentagram that says uh, uh, Pentagon Arizona Leather Women with an Arizona flag on it. That's me, but you can find me there. Awesome. So Very cool. Fabulous. Well, hang out with us uncomfortably for a little bit while we go through our <laughs> other bits. And then, as you remember from last time, annoying fetish questions are coming your way. I'll <laughs> go right ahead. Shoot. Don, we are mere weeks away from turning our wheels north to Cleveland, Ohio, where we will be presenting BDSM and sex and polyamory toolkit for the Academy of Fetish Arts. We will. But, but how would I have known that unless I happen to listen to the podcast? <laughs> so you can keep up with all of our events, book, news, discounts, and more via the Erotic Awakening newsletter. And get your EA shout outs like Stina from Texas. Um, I don't know from I don't know. <laughs> Jennifer, that's what they put down. I know. <laughs> I'm not one to judge a scene name. Jennifer from New York. 
and Douglas from Iowa. Head over to neuroticwaking.com and subscribe today and get your EA shout out. Awesome. So we love doing the shout outs. It's always really cool, guys, when we see the email come through and it's like, oh, someone else wants a shout out. So. So Anne Samwell sent in something that they think I need. What was it? <laughs> this is awesome. So this is a item, a toy, a something. So it's called O-Nut. Okay. And it's like, um, we were actually talking about this with forced flow jobs. On a couple oh, we of, were. It wasn't this toy, but um, we were talking about forced flow jobs on one uh, show, what, four ago maybe yep, yep. or five ago. And um, we were talking about the gagging reflex and stuff. And I was like, you know, there's a trick and that you can hold the base of the penis so that when you're doing the forced blow job, you can only go so far, but right? The, but the my lips with, are going to hit my hand. The problem with that is you're going to be punching yourself in the face. I do. And I do. I punch myself in the face when I'm given forced blow jobs. But this thing is, um, it, it's, it's rings. And they kind of look like Play-Doh in the TikTok, but they're not. But they can compress. And you take these rings. Oh, that's a bad image that was just in my head. Never mind. Not going to share it. The ring toss game? The, the kids' toy game with the rings. Of yeah, the ring toss. And yeah. Different sizes. Yeah. yeah, this is kind of what this looks like. It'll stop your face from mashing into their pelvis. Or stop that. Gagging. Or stop a pegging from going too deep for somebody who's coming Or stopping a pegging from going too deep. See, it can be used like that too. But yeah, they're different. Really cool. So anyway, it was a TikTok. (laughs) Interesting. People will come up with something. Um, All right. And that just moves us over to our three fetishes. Uh, Daddy Tier, you remember how this works. Pick a number, and I'm going to ask you an uncomfortable question about it. One, two, or uh, three. Uh, number one. This is super interesting to me. How do you feel about neurotophilia? This is the fetish of those who enjoy telling or listening to dirty stories, talking about sex, or perhaps incorporating dirty talk into sex. Otherwise, role play. Not necessarily. This is more about just the, the audio ex, audio experience, I would suggest. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so is, um, it something, is it something that you would find to be a kink or a fetish? So is it something that you need in your play or is it something that you fantasize about? <laughs> um, neither. Neither. Not for me. It's okay. Cool. I, I have I'm, to admit. <laughs> Come on, let's get a better question. <laughs> I, I have to admit, this is indeed something that I openly fantasize about. I have a fantasy about somebody who uh, doesn't want to be touched physically, but so I tell them stories to get them all turned on. That's cool. And nothing will, will, um, make Dan pop faster than whispering naughty things that I've done with other people in his ear. You're not lying. <laughs> so, so yes, that is one of his things. Mm-hmm. All right. One or two, Don. Um, one. You nope. said one or two. I lied. Two, two or, or three. three. Yes. <laughs> uh, let's do three. All right. Um, 
All I saw is that it was a long word, so I want to hear you. <laughs> I don't have a clue it. how to pronounce this. It's spelled. Oh, I'm going to look. O-D-A-X-E-L. Daxilogenia? Sure. The, but the, we know what the kink is. The kink is for biting or being bitten. Mm. Okay. I actually like that. And that fits in with my paranormal erotica that I read a lot of. <laughs> so biting, I don't get to do a lot of biting, but I do love to be bitten. So. Daddy Tear, anything for biting? Uh, yes. And yes. And yes. That was that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, oh yeah. I'll, yeah. Yeah. I'll bite anything. <laughs> well, almost anything. <laughs> uh, yeah, Biting's I'm always down. funny. I'm down for biting. You you have that pointy tooth that you like to bite. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. So it's right. yummy. What's okay. mine? So you, would you like two or two? I'll go for two. All right. So needle play. Playing with needles can involve breaking the skin. Can involve breaking the skin. Um, should say does involve breaking the skin and temporary piercing. Oh, it says needles can also be used to scratch. Now yeah. let's go with needle play, breaking of the skin, needles. Um, don't like receiving. Been there, done that. I've done that on you, yes. done ritual before, yeah. You know, I feel like I would like needle play a lot, but I just rarely do it and I really, and I don't put any effort into, I create a kit, but then I just never do it. Yeah, you've done it a few times with me. We do it more during ritual than anything else I yeah. think. so as a, as a way of generating energy I, I will say now i'm on a medication now that involves me giving myself shots so to understanding that needle play doesn't cause damage oh because that was a big thing of yours not yeah you didn't like breaking the skin whereas i love needles i love the endorphins i love the 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 designs that can be done with it. I love everything about it. So, but um, how about you, Daddy Tear? Oh, I'd love it. Making all sorts of designs. I'll even, uh, I've done uh, needle corsets. Ooh. Which nice. are always a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if anybody's been to uh, Southwest Leatherfest where we did sure. the Dance of Souls with the piercings. Yes. I still got my scar. You got your hooks? <laughs> Yes. Yeah. You got your hooks. Yes. So uh, we both yeah. did that a few years ago. You know, so, but you know, I, you know, and with my corsets, I'll use the DMC, uh, DMC floss with the different colors. Okay. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've done uh, uh, feathers. Yep. Where I've made wings. Nice. And oh yeah. A whole yep. chance, you know, a whole nother avenue of creativity. Wow. I, See, I really... Yep, I really wanted to get into flesh hooks after the Dance of Souls, and I had planned mm -hmm. on traveling the country and hooking up with this group that met at different places, and I was going to do the whole thing, and then that community kind of blew up a few years back, so I didn't get a chance yeah. to do that, but yeah. I, see, next time you go pick number two. That was the good one. Oh, hell, oh yeah, absolutely. So, Don, no, the, the, the thing is you have to uh, arrange the questions. To fit the number, yeah, but you uh, never you never know who your audience is. Yeah, uh, that's we, true. That's true. We uh, interviewed, or we had somebody on the show not too long ago, and the question was about armpits, and they were like, "Oh yeah, oh armpits, that's awesome." I was like, "Really? Never would have guessed." <laughs> to each their own. <laughs> to each their own. Absolutely. 
Yep. Don, good news. The, the government is continuing to keep us safe. <laughs> so Ohio Hedgehog sent this to us. So I'm um, a longtime podcast listener. And it's a link to the FDA approves underwear to protect against STDs during oral sex. So I read the article and it is um, latex underwear that is really tight on the thighs to keep the juices from leaking out. And at first I'm kind of like, I don't know, but I use dental dams and this actually seems like it would be sexier than dental dams. Dental dams, you kind of kind of got to hold it in place and hope it doesn't fold over. And if you move it, make sure it doesn't flip. And when I think of those, I think of the the old plastic pants you used to put over diapers. Yeah, but I. I, I, I'm sorry. Because that's not sexy for me. (laughs) But um, but if they were tight and maybe there would be a pocket for. I'm definitely reaching out to these guys. I, I would love to have them on the show. Actually, I don't care about having them on the show. I just want some free goodies, which seems unlikely. But I'll reach out to them and say, hey, I'll review this thing. I want to use it. I want to try it. Cool. Well, I'm kind of curious how bikinis keep things safe because some stuff, if it gets on your thighs, I mean, it's not no, safe these, anymore. These, they're like, that's like a, uh, I want uh, boy briefs. Well, you go get some boy briefs. <laughs> I think it's like saran wrap. No, it's like a baggie. No, it's not, I'm not making it unsexy. But we better <laughs> keep going. Think um, of superhero pants. Ooh. See, that's what I want. That would be like cool. superhero. Yeah. yeah. And that I just came cool. and I just went to, to Fan Fusion last weekend. So there were a lot of them all over the place. Nice. Oh man, I still want to do cosplay with some superheroes. I but I want them to I want to be the bad guy so they take me down. I've seen that at Dark Odyssey before where someone dressed up as as the, the good superhero and someone was the the bat the villain. And they were like tackling each other on us on the side of the dungeon, and he was doing a throwdown scene. And yeah, all right, keep your latex pants. Okay, on. I'll keep my latex panties on. <laughs> uh, we gotta wrap this thing up, but first on, you do have some tentacles. I've got some odd tentacles that have come in. So um, every show, someone sends me links to tentacle sex or stuff to do with tentacles. So, and I'm not gonna be able to pronounce this right. I'm sure. Inner, oh maybe energetic. Oh, yes, I can. Energetic intent. So had um, sent me a picture. It was like a it was a octopus measuring spoon holder, but they took the hooks off of it and turned it into a paddle. So it was a it was an octopus paddle. So that was really cool. And then someone else sent Dan. What is this one? You said you looked at this one. Yep. So this is from Studio Bongard. Uh, they have a variety of octopus-like things. For example, Dawn, you can get this fine giant octopus on a pot for a mere oh, kind of neat. 4,000 pounds. Is that what that is? Pounds? Yep. Cool. So it's actually kind of cute. No room in the RV for it, though. And then Lucia... You know how expensive 4,000 pounds is? Oh, uh-uh. I, I stand corrected. It's, it's in euros. 42, still. Yeah. Is that still a lot? 4, Over 4,000 euros? It's... it's yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, that's like that's still that's almost that's almost like thirty five hundred bucks, thirty seven hundred dollars. Google believes that it is currently with exchange rate forty two hundred bucks. Wow, things have flipped a little bit. So, um, so Lucian sent me tentacle silverware, which is actually kind of cool. I could have that here. In the it RV. is actually very very cool looking. And then Traver sent us on Discord. We have a, a not safe for work channel with our patrons, and he sent a picture of a pink tentacle dildo that I swear looks like a bad dragon dildo. So love it. Well, you are short on dildos. You do not have your required set. I do. I I have two. Yes, we got. I'll be I'll be okay in Texas. I only have two. Oh, and the reason. <laughs> Did we see something where you can't have more than three dildos in Texas? Something like that. It was yeah, a- yeah. The problem was is that the governor at the time she had like eight, so she was not in compliance. <laughs> Lovely, <laughs> you know. But I like all sizes. Right now, I have my glass one, and I have my suction cup one that I have not used since we've been in the RV. I told you, I got I nothing that. to. Su- yeah, what can we? Okay. <laughs> yes sir you know now we have a topic for our next podcast awesome um if you were to head over to instagram and you wanted to see don riding a pink a big pink tentacle dildo you would be disappointed but if you wanted to see what we looked like in our real regular daily life uh the picture of the day is a picture of us riding our bicycles in the fine uh, oh, right here in the Columbus, oh, Ohio. Yeah, right here in Central Ohio. So I was on my recumbent trike, and you're on your your new bike, trying to get some exercise in. So, um, yeah, that's kind of what we do now. That's what we do now. Take a moment to support the podcast. Rate us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Or just tell your friends. Feel free to reach out to us. We love interacting with you. Contact us with questions, podcast comments, or just to say hi. You can find us as Dan and Dawn at Twitter or FetLife. And we're Erotic Awakening on Instagram. Or just use the links from the Erotic Awakening website for Facebook and Discord. Or email us at Dan at eroticawakening.com. Or stop by our RV here in Columbus, Ohio. The address is... I figure nobody's listening at this point anyway. <laughs> well, we have had people reach out to us already. We've only been oh, here good. for three days, right? And we've already met up with two groups of two small groups of people for outdoor things. So that's been kind of cool. It has. So I think we're done. Bye, Dawn. Bye, Dan. Bye, Dad. Bye, Dad. Here. Bye, guys. <laughs> when you guys come out to uh, Arizona, let me know because I'm in Phoenix. Oh, fantastic! We are going to be out there. Or, uh...